You're listening to Salon Frequency, a podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. Welcome back to another episode with an amazing special guest. The guest I have for you all today has been on the podcast before in season one. And so I'm so grateful and honored to bring her back in season four to share all the growth, share all the things that have transpired along her journey in the past couple years, well, short few years rather. So for those of you that are not familiar with Camille Janae, the owner of Mahogany and Rose Salon, you are in for a treat. And those of you that are familiar, you already know what to expect. I'm gonna start by just reading her bio, just to give you a little background before we bring her on to the podcast. So her bio reads, Camille Janae is a salon owner, educator, and curly hair and lock specialist. Her passion lies in empowering clients with the tools they need to care for their hair in a simplified way that allows them to get back to living life and loving their hair. In addition to serving her clients in person, Camille has educated hundreds of salon professionals and consumers globally on the foundations of curly hair and lock hair. Her approach to education has landed her in publications such as InStyle, HuffPost, and Refinery29. She is dedicated to empowering clients to confidently care for their hair and teaching stylists how to confidently provide high quality service to curly clients with an emphasis on celebration, intention, and simplicity. With that, I would like to bring up no other than the amazing Camille Janae. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Hello. It's so good to be here and great to see you. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you. Like I'm just echoing all the things that you have brought to the industry, Camille. So it's just, it's amazing to be witness, bear witness to what you've done and also to like see it in black and white, right? Because that's a little, that's different, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> to, 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 um, to dote on yourself. So I would like to ask you um, first, if you could just share in your own words, like what has the growth been like over the past few years for you? Um, ooh, over the past few years. Well, one, I want to say the biggest lesson has been that growth is not linear. So, you know, there is the perception of things blowing up and expanding and, and scaling and thriving, but people don't always see the rockiness, the up and down that happens as you are. Right. Growing. Yeah. So especially when you're in it, you're like, I'm growing, it hurts. Um. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable and like, what's happening? Right. Right. And it's beautiful all at the same time. Um, the past couple years. So I guess going back really to 2020, I moved into a larger um, studio suite. And that was right before, you know, the world turned upside down. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was why I feel like for you all, it was even more impactful because I remember following your stories and they shut you down and they wouldn't because you're based in California. Correct. So California has totally different like rules and everything. Yeah. I was so probably you moved into that big space. Yes. And I think I was open for maybe six months out of that whole year, just with how we were opening and closing. So to go into that and make it through that. Um, and then 
in October of 2022, um, I moved into a storefront, a salon storefront space. So I went from a couple hundred square feet, or probably not even more than 200 square feet, to now almost 1,100 square feet of salon space. And, and listen, it's be- and it's beautiful. It's, it's completely decked out. There's glass windows. Like it's overlooking the city. I'm like Camille. Yeah. Wow. I am so grateful. The way it came together was truly like serendipitous, like meant to happen. Um, The previous owner was a a colleague of mine, my past beauty school teacher. So it was all just kind of, yeah. Whoa. Um, (laughs) Okay. So we're definitely going to have to get into that. Um, I did want to highlight because you, when you first were on the podcast, like you said, you were salon suite. You had your own um, business, like your own, I guess I want to say like silo, if you will, in the Mm -hmm. industry. And from what I saw, you then started to duplicate yourself or start to bring in help. What was that like mindset shift to go from, okay, it's just me. Let me bring somebody into the space here. Yeah, um, it's definitely could be really scary because you are really protective over this like brand and space and energy and like reputation that you've cultivated with intention. Um, And at the same time, seeing myself in these people and kind of knowing the type of guidance and support that I wanted when I knew I was already really set on the type of clients I wanted to serve and the type of services I wanted to offer. And it wasn't really easy to find that kind of mentorship and guidance out there. Um, And so that kind of fueled me to be like, okay, no, I don't know everything. I don't have everything figured out, but I can reach out and pass on what I do know to someone who's just as passionate as I am. Um, And so, yeah, just letting that guide me with developing you know, how I wanted to teach someone what I felt was important. Um, But yeah, it's one thing to do hair and it's even one thing to be like an educator to professionals, but to teach someone like fresh out of beauty school or early in their career um, and on a daily basis to like see that progression and growth is, yeah, yeah, it's- It's something different in and of itself. Absolutely. How did did you, how did you go about- finding the stylist to mentor? Like, was that a hard um, obstacle to overcome? So what's really wild is every stylist, now it's been uh, four, two have gone on to build their own business and two are on my team now. Yeah. Look at that. Yes, it's so beautiful to see. And all of them found me. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of them, it was another, um, beauty school teacher who connected us and said, I think you would work really well together. Um, and you seem to have similar passion. And then another one found me, um, through a salon I had taught at that she was working at. Um, so it's all been connections like that, either from other colleagues saying, oh, this person needs mentorship. Camille would be great for that. Or them just finding me through Instagram. That's beautiful. Number one, what do you feel like you did or what did you feel like you had you and you put into place in your business or in the way you show up on social or um, how do you how do you feel like you had to show up? Who did you have to be in order for that attraction to come into your space? Mm. 
You know, I think a big one, um, and I, and it's a continuous practice is being really authentic. Um, and you know, some might say like, how is it a practice if it's just being yourself, but showing up like on the internet where people don't know you and not overthinking like how you're going to be perceived, um, or being okay with saying things that might be polarizing or what some would say is too specific, um, kind of leaning into that kind of allows you to attract people that you're going to be more aligned with versus trying to appeal to everyone. So I think that's a big part is is being embracing and celebrating that. And then people that are are like minded kind of find you easier. Absolutely. And, you know, when you know, they say I feel like um, they say when a woman changes her hair, she changes the world. Camille, I feel like you cut your hair off. And then it was just like, Camille, what? She's doing what? She's doing what? What? So what was the behind the scenes? What was going on for you, like becoming or stepping into who you are authentically, who you are as a CEO? Like what was the catalyst for you to get you into the space of just showing up in your authentic self? Ooh, ooh. Um, wow. I mean... A couple of things. A big one, to be honest, was leaving a really unhealthy relationship where I felt like I couldn't fully be myself or didn't even realize that I couldn't until I was away from that situation. Um, so in learning how to be more honest with myself, it allowed me to show up more honestly to everyone around me. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of having that full circle impact um, and around the same time turning 30, which always feels kind of monumental. So that happened 2021. So I feel like things kind of like, you know, there's something about that where it's like, okay, I really don't care what other people think. This is just <laughs> truly, truly. It, and it's crazy because you, 30, I feel like it's young. It's very young. When we think of, we've kind of been under somebody since we were 18. So we're kind of like 12 in, in, in the sense of a word, you know mm. what I mean? But also 30 to me, when I turned 30, I was like, am I having a midlife crisis? Like, is this the middle of my life? And it's like, no, I want to live much longer than this. Right. But also, I can be who I am, and I don't really care what they think. Right. 30, 30 is beautiful. 30 yes, is beautiful. Is. Uh, did you Did you ever, or have you ever um, worked with a mentor? Because you're a mentor yourself, right? And so you mentor a lot of stylists. Do you yourself have a mentor or a coach that is kind of in your ear, pushing you along? Um, that is a great question. Cause I think mentorship is so important and why I'm passionate about providing it where I can and how I can. Um, I've never had like an ongoing mentor. Um, I, but I will say I've had really supportive people throughout my life that have, um, provided encouragement and also helped me be grounded, um, and then I've also sought out actual coaching that I invested in, and that's made a big difference as well. So during the time of of going through that, feeling like I had their mentorship and guidance. Nice, nice. Yeah. You know, they they say the the mentors and the coaches you you want to have in, invested in a coach or a mentor. Um, what stage of your um, owner salon ownership journey or just stylish journey? Would you say you've 
made investments into coaching? Like, hmm. what, what, what were those situations where it's just like, you know what? I need a coach. Can you think yeah. of any ones that stand out? Oh, absolutely. I would say most recently, um, what was it? 2022, I invested in a three-month uh, branding coaching program. Um, and it was run by a Black woman who was really helping other Black women entrepreneurs. So it wasn't beauty base or focus, which I actually liked um, having that perspective. And that was really uh, powerful because it was a space where as a Black woman entrepreneur, I didn't have to explain myself. Mm. So some of the passion behind why we did a lot of the things we did as business owners was already understood. And it helped guide us with getting more clear on our messaging and marketing and kind of how we show up and attract, you know, um, aligned clients. Um, And then uh, there was another coach within the beauty realm. Um, So that was Ja'Kaya Chow-Brown. And then this other coach was uh, Jules. And she coaches service providers. And um, I've done a few different like workshops with her. And one in particular was her helping me develop my um, training program for my salon. Um, Because I was just kind of winging it up until last year. So she really helped provide me with some structure so that it's really clear on both ends of what to expect from a training program and, you know, how to have certain milestones and things like that. And that that was a, a huge help. I'm sure just yeah. bringing, bringing new hires or new people into your business is, can be a challenge in and of itself. But if there is no guidance, both may feel like, what is happening here? Have you ever gotten any feedback from your, your stylist about um, what is my, where am I going? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, no, um, I haven't. Um, thankfully, I, I really try to be intentional about having open dialogue. So mm-hmm. we have those moments to check in of like, where would you like to go? How can I best support you in the direction that you want to go? Um, so before, without having a structure, it was really more fluid and constantly yeah. checking in with them to help us decide the the direction of their program. Um, And also me leaning into being transparent of like, I know what I know. And also I am figuring this out as I go versus trying to pretend to be perfect and have it all together. And I think that helped as muddy as that was, it also helped with more clarity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. You have to make it out of the mud um, in order to get to the clear waters on the other side. Um, So you... You've had your salon suite. You've moved into over a thousand square feet now, thick space, um, by the graces or serendipitous actions of you just showing up authentically. Um, what did it feel like to go from having your salon suite mm. to now owning all of this space and having all of the staff and having all of the equipment? Like, what does that feel like? <laughs> It's a lot of feelings. Um, Overwhelm is a big one. Um, A lot of uh, working through self-doubt of like, who am I to have this and to be responsible for this? Um, And so really trying to like sit in it and be proud of myself and also at the same time know that I am learning and figuring things out. But it's like you did work hard to get to this. It's not an accident. So it's a lot of 
<laughs> all of those at the same time. And even little stuff from like when I first moved in, being being used to being in a suite, it's like, oh, I left that across the room versus now I left that around the corner, you know? So constantly misplacing things and walking yes. around so much was an adjustment. That's that's one I feel like we don't, I, don't, I never even considered. You have to really go from side to side of the room. That, wow. Yeah. That's a big one. So, um, feeling the overwhelm and feeling the responsibility, but you touched on something that I feel like a lot of us have to, um, work through, which is the like imposter syndrome or like doubt, like what are some of the practices that you have in place for when that like creeps in? Cause it's not like a, Oh, I doubt myself. And then I don't doubt myself ever again. It's like, pump it down. And that's the part too. It's like, that's why I was like, growth is not linear. You don't just arrive. Like it is something to constantly work through for sure. Um, mm, I think for me, like uh, being surrounded by really supportive community um, where, you know, they're encouraging um, in a way that's really grounding. Like, I don't feel like it's just empty hyping me up, but really like, okay, Camille, let's look at what you've done. Like, Um, so having those kind of reminders, um, and then just taking time to spend time with myself, journaling really helps reflecting on things, getting my thoughts out that way too. I'm not getting caught up in the feelings, but like, okay, what are the facts? Uh, the feelings are valid, but you know, what are some proof points that are maybe, you know, not so extreme? Um, I think that really helps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Having that community piece, I feel like it's key. You have a staff, right? So I feel like you're the leader. They're you're they're looking to you for that. So where is the community that pours into you? Right. Where do you find that? Where do you find that community for your for yourself? Yeah, um, a few different places. One that has been really dope the past couple years is uh, friendships I've built with uh, other folks in the industry. Um, and even with a handful of them, we have like a little group chat and can offer support with each other. So certain things that you can't complain about to family members as a business owner, or even niche down with working with curly hair, with locks, being able to talk through different things and marketing ideas, but also being able to uplift each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really helpful because you feel really seen and understood with doing similar work. Um, And then for me, a lot of my close friends are entrepreneurs in other fields. So there's just something about that of running your own business and having other people who understand while also trying to spend time growing as an individual um, and having an identity outside of your business and all of that sort of messiness. That is a whole nother situation. The disconnect between yourself and your business. Right. So to have other people who get that or will call you out and be like, girl, you need to sit down, go take a nap. Like, you know, it's important. It is. Uh, it's so important. Like now that you have more responsibility, you have more staff, you have more, you're just more abundant. Do you feel like you are more in the business or more on the business? Mm. Where do you find yourself these days? Yeah, it's right now I'm in a season where it's heavy on both, um, needing to be, uh, on the business and in the business. Um, but I'm definitely working towards being more on the business. Um, 
And in order, I think honestly, order in order to lead more effectively, I do need to be more on the business and less in the business, um, just to make myself more available for guidance and support versus my head down in the actual work. How do you feel like, how do you feel about that? Right? Because like, you're so passionate about curly hair. You're so passionate about hair care. How do you feel about, you know, taking a step back almost and like, now I'm operating business operations and not touching hair and, you know, all the products. Like how, what does that, what do you think that feels like or will feel like for you? It's scary because I, uh, I feel like, although I'm not diagnosed, I feel like I am neurodivergent. And so. Explain. Wait, what does that mean? Like um, on the spectrum of like ADHD and your brain operating differently in the sense that I get filled up from the work that I do with clients, Mm -hmm. even with educating, whereas the business side doesn't fill me up as much. So it's harder to stay motivated to get that kind of work done, whereas I can easily, you know, do a bunch of stuff with clients or teaching classes and stuff. So it's scary with like, okay, I really need to strategize with having the discipline that I do in that work with the business side of things. Um, But also excited because, because I love the work that I do so much, I feel like doing it less will allow me to maintain a love for it versus getting burnt out, um, which can happen if I'm doing it more than I actually have capacity for. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, as, as business owners, especially with staff, it is more easy. You can become more easily burnt out, right? Because you're trying to do all the things for all the people all the time. Um, So I appreciate you saying that and taking that into consideration um, with your, um, growth now, right? Because you've clearly grown so leaps and bounds, I feel like, um, does it feel like what you envisioned when you came into the industry? Like where you would, where you, where you are now, Mm. you envision yourself in this space? Actually, I did. I'm really big on visualization. And I um, I purchased the domain name uh, while I was still in beauty school to the name of my salon. So um, even the specific salon space that I'm in, I didn't know much about square footage or exactly what location I knew roundabout, but I would picture myself walking into and sitting in my salon space and one of the biggest things I knew I wanted was floor to ceiling windows. And you got that. I have corner floor to suite windows. Like I, I could see it in my mind. Um, and so I did fight being a salon owner because of the the weight of the responsibility. But I knew that I always wanted to be able to teach someone the things that I had to kind of figure out a bit on my own um, and just make it easier for other people coming up. So yeah, owning a salon and teaching, um, I didn't know exactly how it would look, but I did envision a version of that for myself. What are, what's, what's the next steps or the next vision that you have on your heart? Can you see it? Are you still feeling through it? Yeah. I mean, the next thing, which I don't know when or again, how it's going to look, but I want to open a school. So that, that would be my next big, big thing. That's a big, big thing. That's amazing. (laughs) And so let's, let's spend a little time talking about your teaching because I feel like one of the things I remember that really I carried with me from your 
um, previous episode was that you you spoke about teaching to stylists that were older than you because you knew something that they didn't know and you had to get over that imposter syndrome or that feeling like, you know, why am I supposed to be here to just teach? And so you're still teaching. I feel like you're, you've grown in teaching. Um, can you share what educating has looked like for you um, beyond the chair? Because of course you educate your clients, but what does education look like for you outside of the salon space right now? So the audio is a little broken up. Can you repeat the question? Yeah. So um, I was asking, what does what does education look like for you now beyond the chair? So of course you educate your clients, but like outside of being in the salon, what does education look like for you right now? Yeah. Um, so outside of the outside of salon clients, educating the team. Um, in a way for there to be a consistent client experience, no matter who someone goes to see, which I'm really excited about. Um, And then offering classes to other salon professionals. And now that I have a larger space, I can host um, intimate classes. Um, So I have a class coming up um, on June 26th called um, Curls, um, Curls, Cuts, and Consults. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's it's a basics kind of curly hair 101 that I've been teaching for a couple of years now and kind of have fine tuned and refined. But um, I've renamed it because I'm really passionate about the communication aspect of working with curly clients. Um, and so that's kind of my main education for salon professionals around not just looking at it as a head of hair, but what does a consultation look like? What does it look like to build trust? What does it look like to choose your words intentionally and wisely um, and to create a space that feels safe and where the client feels celebrated? Um, So I'm excited about uh, teaching that um, and then getting into the virtual space as well. So teaching clients virtually through the collective, which is a virtual membership um, community that I offer. And next month I will be launching the Stylist Collective, which is basically a virtual membership site um, for salon professionals that want to specialize in locks or curly hair and be able to have a space where they can um, network and connect as well as learning about, uh, branding, marketing, and working with, um, curly hair. Oh, I love that. The, those continuity programs are so essential now with where the internet is going, where, where our industry is going. So I love that you already have, um, begun to put them in place. What was your like driving force to get the community for the, um, consumers? up and running? Like, we're, why Why did you feel the need to put that together? Yeah. Um, so I had a standalone um, digital course that people could purchase and have lifetime access to around um, curly hair care at home. And so people from all over the world have been um, accessing it and giving great feedback. But I would always get feedback of like, where can I go if I have follow-up questions or if I've tried this technique and kind of want feedback from you? And I didn't really have a way for them to kind of continue that conversation. Um, I also ran a few cohorts of six to eight week 
coaching programs of coaching folks through curly hair care. Um, and I felt that it wasn't quite enough. It was like yeah. still just giving them a taste, but there was still so much more guidance um, and support that was needed, but they also really enjoyed kind of the community aspect. So this kind of was birthed out of trying to fill those holes and kind of seeing what was working and wasn't working with what I've offered before. So um, it's because it's continuous, it's at a more accessible price um, and also on the go with it being mobile. So just allowing myself to feel more accessible to folks and then getting that personalized guidance on the go. In addition to running a salon, in addition to teaching classes, in addition to having a staff. So who is running this collective, Camille? It's me. It's you? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. You have an assistant though, right? Just you? I mean, for the collective, for all of those things you mentioned, it's me. I do have an admin uh, coordinator, um, okay, Ms. Okay. Wanda. And, but she primarily helps me with emails, which does make a big difference. So it does um, emails, the emails are out of this world. Okay. Emails. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So that alone, um, she has an inbox that, um, directs most of our general questions, but she also responds to folks in my inbox if it's a question she can answer. So that has been a huge relief. Um, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Cause outside of that, yeah, I'm doing the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, email marketing, and then teaching classes in the <laughs> collective. So. Yeah, girl, uh, on the business, okay? <laughs> on the business. You gotta, ooh, wow, okay, and you're doing amazing at all of these things. What is automated? Do you have anything automated? <laughs> no. This is all real time? No way, Camille. Yes, I don't have... No, I mean, there's something when people sign up for the email newsletter, but then I'm manually sending, I'm doing all the post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, that, that is inspiring in a way, right? Cause I'm like, you, your, your posts are like, captions are written, visuals are on point, classes, the classes thing, like. <laughs> And you are doing this in real time? Wow. It is. In real time is stressful. If someone can batch things, try the batching. But I just go with when the fire is there. I just go with the flow. Okay. All right. Well, hey, you know, you do what works. Do what works. I mean, I don't. Works is used loosely. It's it's (laughs) getting it done. Getting it done by any means necessary. Okay. Well, I will say. Again, like you said, growth looks linear and like it's nice and smooth. Like you behind the scenes, like, okay, got it. Woo. Wow. Okay. Well, um, that's amazing. So shifting gears, right? Bring it back because your greatness needs to continue to shine. Um, I want to ask you if you could like sum up your journey and probably in your journey from cosmetology school to the point that you are right now, Mm. what would be the word or phrase that you would use? Wow. Um, Hi baby. (laughs) It's like, it's time for my attention. Right. (laughs) Um, Transformative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
yes, you have definitely transformed for sure. And I, I truly appreciate seeing your growth. I appreciate you sharing your transformation, mm. being transparent about it. Um, like I said, it's so inspiring to me, to others in the industry, to consumers, to other stylists. Like you are truly showing up in your greatness, in your authenticity. And it is really impacting the in- industry in a revolutionary way. Mm. Um, last final words um, with this episode, if you could share to a stylist, maybe in cosmetology school or just getting started, having this big vision of owning a salon or making a big impact on the industry, what advice would you give to them? Mm. Write it down. Um, Whatever it is that you're envisioning, write it down without uh, restrictions or doubts um, or limiting yourself. Um, Let someone else tell you no. Um, Find community. Don't be afraid to build across and ask for help and receive that help. Um, yeah. And, and keep going. Yes. Yeah. Keep going. Truly though. That is words of wisdom from salon owner, Camille Janae of Mahogany and Rose. Okay. The, uh, Academy university, the continuity programs, the in-salon education, like she's doing amazing things in industry. And I truly encourage you to take her words of wisdom with you um, through your journey. And if you learned anything or were inspired by anything that was shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating and review of the podcast. Um, let Camille know h- how amazing she is in that rating. Thank okay. You. Where can people follow you? Yes, people can follow me um, most actively on Instagram at Camille Janae Hair. Okay, check her out. Visit uh, the website is Mahogany and Rose. Mahoganyandrose.com. There you go. Education, um, services, all of the things. 